0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Fortinet Live. I'm Rick Peters. I'm the CISO for operational technology for Fortinet covering North America. And today I'm fortunate to be joined by Derek Mankey. He's Chief Security Insights and Global Threat Alliances lead for Guard Labs. And today we're gonna to be talking about the threat landscape for operational technology, otherwise known as OT. Really gonna look forward. Obviously a lot's occurred in 2021 But the good news is our our FortiGuard Labs has has produced and actually responsible for a mid-November press release on the topic of threats. And there are some specific threads in that product and in the white paper that goes along with that's related. It really looks forward and gives you some uh, big cause for thought, pause for thought, some issues that we want to talk about today. And so I'm really looking forward to this, Derek. Yeah,
1: likewise, Rick. It's uh, always great to, to talk with you and a lot of stuff to cover, as always. There's never a break with what we observe, of course, through 40 Guard Labs and the threat landscape, and OT is certainly a, a huge target.
0: Yeah, we've experienced a lot of growth in what I would call, I would characterize, not just as the attack surface, but their range of targets uh, that represent operational technology and critical infrastructure, particularly over the last two years, but I think it even precedes that as a trend. But, you know, Derek, FortiGuard Labs recently announced some some thoughts and trends that we talked about and and what to look out for in 2022. What are some of the highlights that you'd like to share with us? And if you can spe- spend some light or shed specific thoughts on OT, I know that'll be useful to our audience.
1: Yeah, well, this this is all connected. Um literally rick uh when we talk about the threats here so we have um a couple of a couple of the trends that we highlighted in the in the trend report looking towards 2022 and basically the state of security that we see with that right now first of all if we look at the actual um malware and platforms right if we look at a lot of these ot devices they're running on linux or flavors of linux different customized versions kernels and and, and therein provides a lot of attack opportunities for attackers. And we're actually seeing them start to develop uh, payload. So malware that's capable of running on these platforms beyond just a traditional, you know, uh, Windows-based botnets that we see and so forth. Uh, one of the things we highlighted in the report was, um, was Mirai as an example of being the number one botnet that we see in the IOT space. But really, if you look at the platform that it's running, uh, we expect to see a lot more different uh, Payload being developed for that's going to impact OT technology because um, this isn't just the embedded, you know, PLCs, program logic controls that we talked about before, which of course are hard to harder to infect. They're much more, uh, you know, uh, hardened and custom limited targets, right? So we're talking about a much wider attack surface. We're seeing the malware already being created for that, and then there's also the connectivity problem, right? I mean, one of the things we highlight in the report is is uh, going from the core to the edge, to space, literally, right? We have this connected um, attack surface now uh, where we have integration from the cyber criminals, right? Looking at how they can hit these targets. It's not just the, you know, in some of these critical infrastructure or remote field environments, Rick, where you have, you know, a field engineer coming in and plugging in a RS-232 serial cable to one of these devices, because malware can't, it's very tough for malware to do that. Now they're able to do this, uh, you know, with low-Earth uh, low, orbital, uh, low Earth <laughs> orbital satellites, LEOs, uh, broadband satellite communications being available. It's just being much more uh, connected now to a lot of these targets that were really off-grid before.
0: You know, it, it reminds me of, of something that's been true for a very long time, and I go back to my former life where we always recognized or thought about operational technology being a hard target. Yeah. So much has changed right in the last half to full decade. And we also recognize that the bad actors, you know, whether it's organized crime, nation states that are sponsored, you name it. Right. They're not bashful when it comes to parlaying tradecraft. And certainly one of the things that is common across all of the sub subsectors of operational technology is the dependence on hardware and software that can be decades old. So. If we can think about that too, as we're talking about the threats, advancing threats and persistent threats, I think that's it, that's an important element because I know today there's a sense of urgency. You know, when I'm sitting in a boardroom and I'm talking to leaders, their, their 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 sense of urgency has been primed. It's been primed by those who are on Capitol Hill who have targeted mm-hmm. specific market sectors, right, which have made headlines just in the last 12 to 18 months. So when you start talking about the electric grid, when you talk about oil and gas, water, wastewater, chemical manufacturing, these are industries that are on the pointy end of the spear right now. So what should those folks be thinking about as as we think forward, not just about what we've experienced, but what we expect to see uh, in the months and and, and, uh, years to come?
1: Yeah, great, great points. So first of all, if we look at the the state of, of security and what we see like the the actual attack surface itself absolutely a lot of these um older platforms and systems are still in place they are still a concern that's that whole thing that we talk about having um you know patches up to date if, if they are available to a lot of these systems in fact sometimes they're just legacy or end of life and not available we still do see attacks on that and that's a concern but Thinking ahead forward, exactly what it's talking about. It's it's this perfect storm that's happening, right? Because you have this um, interconnectivity that's happening, everything that I just talked about. But you also have this convergence now of IT and OT technology, and so you know we're just talking about the platforms like Linux and all these that are are absolutely in the crosshairs and being now run on the modern OT uh, you know, sensors and all these different things that are being put out there. But you also have now IT systems that are running on Windows, running on these other platforms that are also connected. And and that poses a big threat. We actually, you know, we saw this in terms of ransomware attacks that happened um, this year, of course, where they weren't targeting OT environments directly, but targeting IT, and therefore uh, leapfrogging or doing lateral movement into OT environments. But I think the message here is that will continue to happen. And so thinking forward, you absolutely have to think about, when you're converging technology and you have these connected systems, how do you do segmentation? How do you do all the proper, you know, security inspection between that, uh, you know, in terms of a mesh architecture right. and all that, but also at the same time realize that what we're seeing, we call this out in the report, Rick. What we're seeing now is a shift to advanced persistent cybercrime, what we're calling. Right. So things like nation state and APT attacks that traditionally only target, you know, critical infrastructure, we, I think that we're going to see more um, direct attacks on OT for all the reasons we just talked about, but also because cyber criminals are becoming much more skillful, skillful cyber criminals, so not nation state, right? Sure. Uh, much more skillful, uh, much more resource because of all the profits they've made and able to directly attack those targets.
0: Well, you know, it's a growing industry. And I know when I'm working with, um, with clients and executive leaders, they're naturally concerned about their ability to recognize any breach right on their their consent. They understand that they're a target and they also understand the need for a proportional response. You know, and they're looking at ways to invest smartly. They really Mm -hmm. want to be able to characterize what is their return on investment, because ultimately you got to go back to the stakeholders and say, this is the delta difference in taking this step. And so, I'd like you to comment on that as well, because I think we have to have a way to translate all of this work into something that's measurable
1: yeah. and
0: and can help to convince uh, the executive leader that while they're not seeing events occur, that in fact there's, there is there is a growing trend. And in fact, we're, we're able to neutralize uh, those events instead of being something that we have to respond to or react to around in front of them by being proactive. Yeah, proactive
1: is key on this. And I think every time we've looked at these situations, if, if we, you know, look in hindsight and reflect on a lot of the attacks that have, uh, you know, occurred before, anytime we look in that, uh, bar none, you know, the the upfront cost of investment in security, proactive incident response planning, all that sort of stuff that we always talk about in terms of security readiness is much more, uh, sorry, much less than the damage that occurs, which is much more than, than, than those attacks, right? Because again, typically, even if, not talking about OT, but in enterprise environments, the average cost of a data breach is sitting about $4 million US. In OT, that number can get much, much higher because we start talking about manufacturing and supply chain concerns and all of that. And this is the reality, right? Cyber criminals, again, not the nation states we always talk about, but cyber crime sees this as attack opportunities. And so when it comes to translating this to risk, from a cyber criminals point of view because they're realizing this they're thinking they're going to hit you where it hurts like what matters right what is right. your most valuable asset and again it's much different in enterprise versus ot and the stakes and risk is much higher i would say in most cases with ot uh, because there is also that ripple effect and so that is you know when it comes to scenario planning and looking at that it's really about identifying those assets and those assets also being of course that supply chain right so it's those what-if scenarios. How much is it going to cost if this if this uh, production line goes down uh, for eight hours versus two days? Um, and that really starts to, to, to put that risk in, in the spotlight. And again, like I said, anytime you start balancing those scales and looking at the investment and security up front, it's, it's often much, much lower.
0: You know, it's interesting. The operational technology leader traditionally has abstained from change. Uh, if it works, they don't want to stick with it yet, you know, they're also realizing that it's time to raise the stakes. They have to protect their assets, whether they're soft or hard or both. Mm -hmm. And they've got to go beyond what they've done in traditional cybersecurity best practices. I mean, it's great. We work on visibility and segmentation, ways to neutralize and contain, but I think we need to go beyond that. Can you comment on the value of behavioral analysis as part of, of getting out in front as a countermeasure? Because I think The ot customer today is thinking about it but they're just not convinced or they're thinking it's a bridge too far
1: absolutely i think this is when we talk anytime we talk about behavioral uh, analysis and a lot of the being uh, capability to detect zero day threats as well rick is is critical in this phase because again this is normally what's in the wheelhouse of the nation state actors but again what i was saying with the advanced persistent cybercrime is that whole capability weaponization of advanced threats, persistent threats, and advanced meaning that they are absolutely focused on trying to evade uh, security detection, intelligence, and uh, and controls. And the way that they do this is they have to make very clever malware, right? A lot of heavy obfuscation and things like that. And that's what we're seeing is this sophisticated rise in, in the ransomware, and the payloads that are targeting and affecting OT environments. And the only way that you can uh, possibly start to prevent that proactively and detect that is not through, you know, old signature based detection, but behavioral based detection and through uh, very um, up to date real time threat intelligence to be able to detect and all that stuff on, on the what we call the left hand side of the attack. Because in reality, again, this is where cyber criminals are spending their time to weaponize uh, new technologies, like, like I said, to, to evade all those controls. So you need that counter action including uh ai machine learning that absolutely falls in there um and then also you know keep in mind that they're spending a lot of the time on their reconnaissance too that's the other aspect right um any sort of blueprint of course is is worth its weight in gold to to cyber criminals
0: well i couldn't agree more you know i'm thinking today uh not only the stakes high but you know we need to go beyond a single source for the solution i one of the things that got me excited four years ago when i became a part of the OT practice of Fortinet, was this idea of an ecosystem, really being able to correlate and build a technology alliance. And that's never been more important than than today in 2021. But you know, you read the language in the executive orders and it's foot stomping the importance of sharing and partnership, intelligent sharing, and I can't help but think that Fortinet's in the right position to be able to influence that. Can you comment there?
1: Absolutely, and we we are hands on with this. I'm happy to say, Rick, we've been doing this for for years. Also, um, if you look at as an example, what we've done with um, direct, you know, in a community with the Cyber Threat Alliance, right? We were the original co-founder back in 2014. There was no OT sharing happening back then. In fact, you know, I worked on the original bylaws. It was just uh, Android malware and, and you know malware sample sharing. Uh, but now there are uh, OT and critical infrastructure vendors, right? part of uh, research practices, part of that, that alliance. And absolutely we share relevant details on that within uh, the CTA itself. But going beyond that, we have also um, announced alliances one-on-one with some of these vendors too, because the more we understand and work together on, on the technology and share things like you know targets that cyber criminals are going after, we can actually work strategically harden those targets as well too and um i think that's that's a really critical piece i i'm a as, as you know i'm very passionate about that and i think it's 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 crucial that we do that we can't i always say when it comes to the war on cybercrime we can't win this war um, alone and it's it's the same thing why you know physical crime has existed for 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 centuries millennium yes. it's going to continue with cybercrime so it really becomes a best effort of how we can work together.
0: Right. Right. Hey, a final question for you, Derek. And it's something I took away from the white paper because I had a chance to really digest it. This theme of thinking beyond the present. I think it's so important. I'll give me a mm-hmm. chance to close and comment on that ideology because I think it, it's, it's foundational, but I read it throughout the piece.
1: Yeah. So the best way that we look at the way that we look at this with, with um, 40 Guard Labs is we we don't we're not just pulling rabbits out of the hat here of course right we we base us off of years actually decades of experience right looking right. at trends and what we've seen cyber criminals do before um the reality is that they have a full-blown business model of their own they have a supply chain of their own right and so we we track that we re, we really see on um uh, on, on the dark web, as an example, what are they up to? What are they creating? Because a lot of these are alpha or beta versions of new technology they're creating before they're actually released. They always like to go after the low-hanging fruit and that's the present. What's not the low-hanging fruit uh, in, in the future that's coming up, right? And, and based on, and we, oftentimes we see activity already that's starting to happen on that. The aggressive ransomware, as, as I talked about, uh, we've right. seen just in the last month, think a handful of new cases happening with that um, and so this is something we've learned from experience again and it's it's um we always it's like it's like the proverbial game of chess right we we need to understand what's in their toolkit what moves they can make and think ahead of time for that so that we can have the relevant technologies and strategy in place for that
0: boy spot on you know this has been terrific that we could talk for hours on this yeah, We're both passionate was- about it but I wanted to say thanks for, for joining me today, Derek. It was a great opportunity to just sit down and chat about something that's important. And we realize how relevant this is today. And uh, just want to say again, I really appreciate the time.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks.
0: For those of you who are interested, if we spawned more interest on, on your part, I would encourage you to visit uh, Fortinet's blog. You can easily access that and read a whole lot more and and be present and involved in understanding the stakes are high today and as we move forward we know we can accomplish a lot not just in 2022 but even beyond thanks again today and uh for derek and i this is fortinet live thank you